0: I've got exciting news. We've got sticker merch. Mouthful with Shanti brings you captivating conversations that cut through the bullshit while laughing about it. We elevate marginalized voices. We shoot the shit. We have a good time. Support this very free podcast and its production costs by donating to my Venmo at... Shanti Charan S-H-A-N-T-I-C-H-A-R-A-N DM me your address after you Venmo I will mail you one of our new stickers thank you again for your support welcome back to Mouthful with Shanti I am Shanti your host thank you so much for tuning in please follow us on Spotify, YouTube, on Instagram all the social medias if you haven't already and give us a 5 star on Spotify if you're listening now, we appreciate it on this episode I talked to guest Inanna Solvig, a stylist about fashion sustainable clothing, how to repurpose things we already have to make them fit the now and who we are today. Uh, so here we go.
1: There was a time in my life when I was burnt out of the culinary industry mm-hmm. and I was realizing I, I had some negative patterns around men and relationships. And so I started to do some some healing, some therapy. Yeah. I did plant medicine, ayahuasca. Um, so how-, how it started, I was dealing with chronic fatigue
0: mm-hmm. syndrome
1: Doctors didn't know what it is, but they thought it was some sort of, like, chronic fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just really tired, and I just didn't have the energy for life. I wasn't doing anything creative. I didn't love what I did. I would bit, was celibate. Wasn't dating. And so I was reading about color psychology mm-hmm. and how um, the color red is used to stimulate digestion. It's the mm-hmm. color of blood. It, it's actually a warming color. And so I started to wear it more. Um, and that started to be kind of a source of joy in the morning. I would play around with warming colors, and I realized that um, there was something there with fashion, and then I got a sewing machine. I was like, you know what? The clothing that I want to create doesn't exist, or it's too expensive, or it's just not accessible to me Mm because I was a cook, and cooks make – cooks are poor. Um, So I was like, great, we're going to make our own clothing, got a sewing machine, and I just started to create – isn't there that saying that, like, like, if there's, if there's something in the world that doesn't exist, make you go it. out and make it, right, yeah. like that. So I was like, I'm going to make the clothes. Yeah. Um, also, I forgot to share this with you, but I was inspired by Burning Man. I went to Burning Man around the time that I was experiencing this burnout, and I saw people just unabashedly expressing themselves, you know, within festival culture. Yeah. And I thought to myself, I want to do this, but in the real world.
0: Why limit it to festival culture?
1: Exactly. So I realized I felt really comfortable Wearing these really colorful outfits, these really funky, you know, kind of shapes. And that as someone who's usually more introverted, I actually Mm -hmm. didn't mind people coming up to me and and talking to me. Because now, like this morning, I went for the first time to the um, Alameda Antique Fair. Yeah. And I had people come up to me about my clothing and usually I shy away from talking to people, yeah. but now I get to talk to people about my favorite thing in the world,
0: <laughs> yeah. about fashion. Also, I just want to say right now, I'm going to share a hesitation I had, and I'm going to share this with the audience. Yeah, I feel like when we talk about clothing and colors and fashion, I feel like it gets pushed into a feminine space. Yeah, And I just want to say to anyone who isn't ad- identifying as a woman that this topic is a gender neutral topic so any men your dicks aren't going to get smaller if you listen to this and and your masculinity is not going to be challenged in in hindsight i actually think you might even be your dick might get bigger because you'll be like wow i have confidence in my ability to wear the things that 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 showcase me in the ways i want and so i feel great and so before we start i just wanted to give that little precursor message.
1: Yeah, I love that because what I love about clothing is it's about honoring where you are and who you are. So if that's wearing neutrals and being a neutral king or whatever you identify of, own that. Mm -hmm. I have started to own that I'm feminine more and more, and so I'm going deep on that.
0: What took you from being in the culinary space to being in the uh, style and fashion space? It's quite a change. Um, so
1: I've always had a major love of food. Like my mom has stories that as a kid, um, she was a stay-at-home ma- mom, ran a daycare, and she would make homemade food. Mm-hmm. And there was one instance when she just had to give me pre-made food, and I refused to eat it. And that was kind of the like tra- the trajectory of my palate and my mm-hmm. love of food. Um, I loved food as a kid to the point when like where uh, my my kind of coping mechanism was eating. Um, so I went to culinary school. It was fun. Um, but I always kind of in the back of my head felt like, eh, but it's not quite. Like the pay isn't right. Yeah. Um, my first job out of culinary school, I went to culinary school in New York. Was and it a- seems like
0: a really stressful environment also.
1: Ten years ago, there wasn't a lot of conversation around toxic masculinity mm-hmm. in kitchens. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really, really Hard to yeah. to you know endure that and not really have a name for it and it just really burnt me out. Yeah, it was too much. And
0: that's what it does do to to women in male yeah. dominated fields. You get burnt out eventually.
1: I was too. My first kitchen. It was an Indian restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Flatiron District, there were forty cooks. Two were female,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, I also like my personality type is just I'm I'm sweet. graceful. I'm not assertive. I'm learning to accept that. But I didn't, I couldn't change myself to fit that mold. Yeah. And so eventually, like when I moved to San Francisco 10 years ago, um, I got into catering. That was much more, much more calm, Mm -hmm. a lot more women because, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of women, they weren't able to sustain those careers in kitchens. Um, And then I found a great job as a pastry cook under a pastry chef. And I love that because there are more females in the pastry um, industry. And it's also like just... It's just calmer. Yeah. You're not on the hot line. Yeah. You're like making cakes No one's for getting a angry days. about a pie. No. You know. We're gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah. We have other things to deal with. Yeah. Oh my god. It's food. <laughs> it's supposed to be made with love. That's yeah. why our our parents and our mom's food is is so much better in my yeah. opinion. I really think that energy and that love is palpable. Yeah. Around the time that I realized that pastry was a much better route for me because I had gone to culinary school for like savory and a little pastry Mm -hmm. um I started sewing and so I sewed for a few years and I was still working in the food industry and I was kind of like like itching for my way out and this was around the pandemic um I'm trying to think of a Anyway, it, this was in the pandemic and I just saw a lot of people taking steps away from careers that just weren't right for them yeah. or they just didn't have jobs because of the pandemic, things were starting to change. Yeah. And I decided to take a leap of faith and make festival fashion. Yeah, So I was selling these really cool coats that were like covered in flowers, which I one day want to like bring back. Yeah, um, And that was really hard because I just don't have the fashion design and the fashion business skills. Mm-hmm. So I think I just needed to take a little time and then eventually realized personal style is a good route to being able to help people one-on-one yeah. while I still build a brand, because that's that's there. And that makes me really happy to hear that
0: I've helped you because it's something that I didn't- It even f- came out in what we're wearing right now. Yeah. We didn't plan this. We didn't plan we this. We didn't plan I this. Was just like, I'm feeling you're neon You're feeling green-y. the neon and the pink. And then you came in and you're like, I'm feeling neon-y too. And I was like, we're you're going to think you plan wavelength. this shit. Yeah,
1: yeah, we're yeah. We're just like,
0: wah, wah, wah We didn't wah. plan it. Connecting.
1: I know. We're buzzy. <laughs> um, but I was thinking today about personal style and like, okay, when I boiled when I boil it down to what I do, I do feel like I'm in the business of helping people and bring us into joy. Like, this mm-hmm. should be joyful. At the end of the day, it's about you. And it's about how you feel in it. So if you feel confident and no one's going to like it, then great.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I think, like, it's a really good tool, personal style, for training us to really be unweathered by other people's opinions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So when you're styling someone, how do you approach styling them?
1: Yeah. So a few things. Um, one of my favorite ways to start, just so I can kind of get a sense of where people are going, because mm-hmm. um, of- oftentimes there's some sort of like life transformation or just kind of wanting to make a change. Yeah. Is I ask them, what are three adjectives that you aspire to or maybe you want to feel when you get
0: dressed? Okay. So for
1: you, Shanti, what are three adjectives?
0: Oh, that my gosh. You now I got to know with? what the fucking adjective is. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I guess... Comfortable, like I feel like comfortable means confident to me. Yeah, so comfortable, um, fun, um, and powerful.
1: Yes, I yeah. love that. Yeah, and do you feel like this outfit embodies that?
0: Yeah, fun
1: comfortable and powerful.
0: Yeah, the pants are a little loose, so I feel comfy when I'm sitting. It's not tight like cutting into me where I'm like, "Oh my god, this is going up my vagina." And so I'm comfy here. Um I feel fun because uh it's a fun color and it makes me feel alive. I feel powerful um because I'm like showing my arms a little bit and yeah, so I feel girl. like like, "Oh yeah, look at my fucking strong arms." <laughs> you know. <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, I feel all those three things here. Nice.
1: And you're also running a podcast. Yeah. Looking awesome.
0: Yeah. And so I'm comfortable in my space. So I want to be comfortable yeah. on camera. So I feel that right now. Love yeah. it. I
1: feel like you're exuding that too.
0: Okay, good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, I never actually thought about that when I think about my outfits. What are the three things that I want to give off, you know? Yeah,
1: or even feel for yourself. Even if it's not about giving off. Because sometimes yeah. I, I feel like we get into the headspace of like, what am I What am I giving? Yeah, but actually, let, let me rephrase. On, yes. On, focus on Shanti.
0: Yes. What are the three things that I want to feel? Other people naturally? Exactly. How do you feel like you are ethical about fashion? hmm
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it's something that's always on my mind, especially because I'm in fashion, I sell fashion, I work for new works, I I sew, so I buy fabric, um, but I am conscious of how I consume. Mm-hmm. Um so one thing that I've gotten into, and I think this conversation came up around the pandemic, because people were like, "Clothing, what am I doing? What do I actually need now? Because yeah. I don't have as many needs." Yeah. Um, so the one thing I started getting into taking care of clothing because that's literally the most ethical thing that we can do. We're not yeah. bringing in anything new; we're just helping increase the longevity of our clothing. Yeah. Um, so diving into
0: that, um, I don't think people think about that, you know, enough and. I I feel like we throw our things around and maybe it's because some things are cheap and we only assume to wear them two or three times. So you're like, whatever, I'll just wash it like however it want or I'm not going to hang it or whatever. But that's, you know, that just fucks shit up for later.
1: Exactly. And I think this is where it comes in that we should be working on buying more quality things over quantity, mm-hmm. because then, you know, we, we know the price tag of that piece, so we're more willing to invest in caring for it. Um, and I also feel like, you know, our, I'm sure you're familiar with Marie Kwando. Yeah. Um, I really love how she puts love and care mm-hmm. for her clothing, because I feel like that actually does help, you know, the longe- the longevity yeah. of our clothing. Yeah. Um, and I do think it's worth, when we do buy clothing, to invest in things that um are more expensive because fast fashion is just it's not here to stay
0: yeah and the thing that sucks about that though is also we live in this capitalist world that is like hey you should be having new outfits outfit of the day outfit of the day and then so you have this hashtag outfit of the day which essentially promotes a lot of different outfits and so the the Uh, the multiplicative sense of it means you should be spending more money and that's when it's like this is something I kind of hate about fashion because it's like I'm down to spend money on a quality item but why is why why should we feel bad about re-wearing the things that we have like I spent I don't want to buy you know 20 different things I just want to have like three and feel okay about wearing them all the time. Right, and you want to
1: have more of like a capsule wardrobe. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because something that annoys me, I'm also in the sewing community. Mm-hmm. I actually feel a little bit more connected to the sewing community than the fashion world because mm-hmm. the fashion world's so big. And yeah, just, yeah, it's a it's a big monster. Um, but something that I've been seeing more of is these like I don't know the exact hashtag, but it's like rewear mm-hmm. sort of thing. And so people are starting to share in the sewing community things that they've made from the past because, like like for me as someone who sews. It takes me a long time from the planning yeah. to the cutting to the sewing. I don't just want to do one share. I want to continue to share, you know, different ways I've styled it, or just
0: like it's like a song. Yeah, exactly. why are we only playing this song we once? We keep singing it. It is so awesome. Yeah. So
1: something that I want to start doing because I do, you know, have somewhat of a following with sewers and people who are interested in colorful fashion is to start to reshare my things and say, hey, this thing that I wore in maternity. I wore it to a wedding this weekend. Yeah, Um, And I think, like, after seeing that from a few other sewists, it's almost like I had this kind of breath of relief, like, oh, cool. Yeah. We can keep wearing things and be cool. It's actually cool to have things that are, like, known as us. Like, this shirt on you. Someone will see it in a comedy show and be like, oh, yeah, in your podcast. Yeah. Love that
0: shirt. You know, I did feel that because I wore this black and blue zebra type top recently yeah. that I've been loving, and I wore it on three different things. That all things I posted, and I was like, everyone's just gonna think I have one shirt. And I was like, I don't give a shit. But I like this shirt.
1: Yeah, but I don't think people think that any anymore. Um, this was my birthday outfit. The old me would be like, no, you wear that for your birthday. And the new me is like, this brings me joy. Yeah, I want to bring this joy to the podcast. Yeah, I'm wearing it again.
0: Yeah. So I guess what is the line between healthy and unhealthy? consumerism and how do you navigate being an influencer in that space while being true to your own moral spectrum
1: yeah yeah I think that's a great question and it's something that I like am continuing to dissect because I do have more followers than I did when I started sewing Mm -hmm. um and one thing you know like we were talking about is I want to start bringing up more around the conversation of re-wearing things Mm -hmm. and like having pieces that you know you will have for a long time Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's important now that I make less and I sew less Mm -hmm. because there was a point um, especially when I was learning to sew and I was like I need to sew everything Um, and I also like it was great to do that from a learning standpoint but I think now that I've like cover the, the basis of what I need to know with sewing. Um, um, and I also really want to empower people to be more aware of the clothing that they already have. And like, if they can, if you can learn to sew like hemming or even mending, um, it brings a lot of joy and anything that I feel like we, we touch with, with sewing or upcycling, um, we put our time and attention into that and i think yeah. we're more likely to rewear it to swap it to take better care of it.
0: Yeah, i totally understand what you're saying about if we if we take the time and energy to sew something to be more sustainable with our clothing, you will treat it better. Better because that's how i am with anything that i do that takes my time. If i clean the bathroom, I'm so good with the bathroom the uh, the following week. I'm like, I just cleaned this shit. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to do good There's by so it. Much- I know, right? And so I think maybe that's a thing. We're not in, you know, if we just invested some time into, uh, you know, those things.
1: Yeah, like if if we knew how much time, you know, as a non soist, like – it took to make a certain pair of pants, Mm -hmm. we would be treating them much differently.
0: Yeah. An idea for repurposing maybe in the future. I have some Indian uh, clothing that I haven't worn for a really long time and they're outdated, but it's beautiful cloth and a lot of intricate work done on them. You know, maybe... Uh, Maybe we can have a future project or something where we can figure out how we can uh, repurpose some Indian outfits. I don't know. Is that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, you know what I love about repurposing is so often we have things that just aren't us anymore, don't fit or just from another time in our life. But there's love there. And I think it's important um, that we give them a new life. And so I'd love to do that with you.
0: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Because it's kind of out of style. You know, but the beadwork and the cloth and the colors are beautiful, but it's just hanging in there. It's hanging. They're not in there. living out their destiny.
1: Yeah, but they're they're there, and you're going to yeah. use them. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you can kind of like, I think it's good to have them in your closet and to start just sitting with, what would you like to make from them? Like, going out and looking for some inspiration. I want to show you my waist make so much. Yes. I want to show skin. You should do like a crop. <laughs> yeah. A crop and a skirt. Do like yeah. A mini top, like even a bralette. Yeah. And a skirt. And yeah. you say, you know what, my old self would be really uncomfortable with this, but guess what, mom is coming
0: out. Yeah, yeah, and actually it's very also true to my culture as an Indian person, um, because I'm not letting it go to waste. Oh, Yeah, nice. the outfit is nice. being uh, reborn. <laughs> there you go. Reborn. Hey, Oh, my God. <laughs> Hindu joke. Oh, my God, i got it. It's second life. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tell me about how you see social media influencers being unhealthy with how they promote clothing.
1: Yeah, um, I think how I'll share that is like what I feel like I've internalized Mm -hmm. and what I'm trying to kind of unpack. And that's like always wearing new things, always like, you know, having new pieces in all of my posts. Yeah. Um, And that's something that I'm seeing in like, not only the, you know, the fashion community, but also the sewing community Mm -hmm. where it's all about churning out the next thing and making the next thing and actually like making fabric takes a lot of resources and not good for the environment um and so I think what it takes is really normalizing and promoting re-wearing things Mm -hmm. and capsule wardrobes and really you know focusing on the pieces that we love and Mm -hmm. they'll get a lot of wear rather than just you know churning out yeah New clothing. I'm just curious about your background as an Indian because the colors are so rich in the patterns and if that had any influence on you or if you um, rebelled against it or just weren't as exposed.
0: I love it now. I think, unfortunately, growing up, I was a fat kid. I was a fat kid. And I think the look that Indian movies promoted with their women uh, and the clothing made me feel like that wasn't attainable for me because I didn't have that waist and I didn't have that body. And so uh, when I went to Indian Functions, it was always a difficult thing figuring out an outfit. And so I think that kind of harmed my relationship Mm -hmm. with Indian clothing then. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I actually have not uh, gone shopping for a new Indian outfit in, I would probably say... I don't know. Maybe a decade. Uh, Do we
1: need to go shopping together? Maybe,
0: you know, maybe because now I have a newfound confidence about myself, and I've never actually worn a sari. Ever?
1: I've,
0: I've worn my mom's sari at home. Oh, but I've never tried. To a function. I've Which never is a big deal. A sari it to, to a, a wedding. A function. I've always worn langas or mm-hmm. more um, youthful. Um, women's outfits and rather than grown woman outfit you know um because it shows the waist I felt like I was kind of maybe hiding myself because I you know wasn't uh fulfilling what I needed to look like to wear those things in my newfound confidence of who I am today which I feel like of course we're always changing I feel like I haven't tried that yet as that me and so maybe we could Try that. That could be fun. That
1: would be cool. I know I was also a fat kid, and that was a coping mechanism for me. So I think I just spent a lot of my life, my younger years, making myself smaller and smaller in all the ways, hiding myself. um, I
0: think that's what I felt too. Like, if I hide myself, no one will know I'm fat. Like I felt like that. And then I won't get picked on if nobody knows I'm fat. So if I don't wear bright colors, they won't see my my fat body. And if I don't wear, if I wear big things, they won't know what body is underneath there. And just to avoid being seen because I was going to get made fun of. Yeah, I think now now we're kind of unpacking this in real time. I'm just realizing totally. it right now. And
1: I'm, I just had this also this other thought that came up when you just shared that, which was I actually – I'm now remembering a lot of the things that I wore, and they mm-hmm. were things that were hiding my body because my – Windbreaker jacket? Windbreaker jacket. Well, the one thing that I wore because I, I don't think I had a pair of pants until I was in middle school because, like, mm-hmm. they just didn't make pants that fit fat kids Mm -hmm. i wore overalls and Mm -hmm. i wore stretch pants with big shirts under Mm -hmm. but it's so interesting because now i'm thinking of like children who are growing up now and who are fat they may have more options and more acceptance hopefully um they do i
0: feel like i see bellies which is fine i see bellies out i see arms out and it motivates me a little bit when i see younger kids embody embodying their themselves the way they want without the restrictions of what are people going to think? I see it and they motivate me. To, yeah, totally. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to show it.
1: Bodies, and they have much less baggage. They're like, my mom loves this. And so does my dad. So I look great. Like, I'm so glad you're starting life with that in your head. I
0: know because I'm still battling it today with trying to un, un- unlearn Yes, those things. Yeah. Something
1: that I'm really um, excited to kind of program for my son is allowing him to, to lead with how he eats. Um, because as a kid, I, you know, preparing for a podcast, I was, I was, I had this memory of, um, not being allowed seconds mm-hmm. when I was really hungry at this like one party yeah, and how that was really, really tough for me and a kind of a big moment. Like, oh man, I can't, there's like a certain way to eat, right? Yeah. Like listening to my hunger is not how I should go about eating. Yeah. So my son, um, he has a minor heart condition, mm-hmm. so it's important that he always has enough weight to sustain a surgery. Mm-hmm. That was like something that the doctors brought up when he was mm-hmm. born, like, great, he has meat on him. Yeah. So um, it's really nice to give that to him because as a child, my my eating was restricted. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like even now I'm learning that, no, you have to trust yourself, trust your body,
0: it's okay. Yeah. Building a positive relationship with food. I hope you're wearing this as your birthday outfit on your seventy fifth birthday. Maybe not the same outfit because it may not last that long, even though you'll keep it you'll you'll treat it well. And maybe your body will be different, which is okay, you may not fit. But I hope you're showing your ass still. Oh, I'll be showing this birthday booty. I feel I feel like, you know, a lot of women. I feel like they're probably, and I'm sure you face this as a stylist, hesitation from women to try out certain clothing because of how old they are.
1: Yeah, all the time. And it's so interesting how it comes out. Women say it without even noticing. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm too old for this. No, that shouldn't Mm -hmm. exist in your vocabulary. Do you want to wear it? Yeah. That's that's all you need to ask yourself is do you want to wear it? Obviously, like, there's, like, some things that are offensive, but – Generally speaking, um, I think anti-aging has been so fed into women, mm-hmm. into women's bodies, and after having a child and going through childbirth, I am so amazed at my body that I actually want to show, show more of it. That's why yeah. like, for my birthday, I wore a thong at the cheesecake. Factory, You're like I was gonna be my see birthday my suit. Beauty. It was yeah, closest to the birthday suit <laughs> that I could wear cheesecake factory. So
0: yeah, yeah. I feel like ageism. We internalize it. You know, we because even in some clothing, I see women's clothing and it's like, you should probably cover this part up and you should probably cover that up for older women. Like when I look at clothes that are made for women, let's say, I don't know, 40 something above. uh, It's very like modest, you know, like, oh, your arms, they're probably gross. (laughs) So you should cover them up. And it's like, fuck off. Why are you what you clothing line, whatever fucking dress barn, Ross bullshit making me cover my shit up. Yeah, Yeah. I
1: feel like now that I'm in my mid-30s and I'm seeing the areas that just change, I feel more offended by these companies. Let us
0: show our shit off. We've been doing stuff for so long. Yeah,
1: let us be visible. Yeah. Because guess what? Aging is inevitable, and um, I feel like I have more fun as I get older with my body.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there it goes with trying to hide again, you know, trying to... Uh, be hidden it's in those ways with like hey you're getting older you should probably start hiding yourself now. right
1: time to be small again yeah because you're no longer you know reproductive and fertile and beautiful Mm -hmm. I feel like something that I didn't expect to um, to face is how society treats pregnant bodies yeah when I was pregnant I noticed that all of the fashion was like really dim and uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and like it was almost like you're treating someone with a condition um, So after Rihanna got pregnant a couple years ago and started Mm -hmm. sharing her belly, um, that really inspired me. So if I ever get pregnant again, full on belly out. Why are we hiding our belly?
0: So going with feelings into our last question. Okay. How can anyone, your friends, your family, the people in your life, how can someone better love you?
1: Better love me? Yeah. That's so sweet. <laughs> How can they better love me? Um, in what context?
0: I guess just like in what way do you ever feel like misunderstood where you feel like navigating this world, you know, if people could be more like this with me, I feel like it would be so much more amazing.
1: Um, okay, Here, here's here's what I think of. It has to do with me. Yeah. Um, I think I – if people understood that if I don't reach out, um, I still love them so much. I'm just not the best at reaching out. It's something I'm working on, but I love them so much. I'm a lover.
0: Awesome. And what would you say if someone wants to better love clothing? How would you, what would you, what would be a tip hmm. that you would give someone if, if they're they want listening? To
1: better love clothing. Yeah, style, and just like, like exp- and, and
0: explore. And they're, they're listening and they're like, I don't know. Yeah. What would you tell them?
1: Well, you know, um, I think I there there is a new narrative around fashion that's starting to to develop, which is fashion is for everybody. Yeah, screw high fashion. Fashion is about expression, and we all deserve to be expressed. We're all wonderful and special and unique and weird, and fashion is the first avenue that people get an impression of you. So you can feel comfortable to be yourself.
0: Yeah. All right. All Thank right. you so much. Thank, Thank you, you for Jessie. that. Um, oh, say your social medias.
1: Oh, yeah. So my social medias, um, I am starting to take clients at the end of the summer. Um, and you can find me on Instagram, Inanna Solvig, I-N-A-N-N-A-S-O-L-V-E-I-G. Um, you can also find me on TikTok. You can find me, in Oakland. I'm in the Bay Area.
0: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thank you yeah. so much for doing it the was show. It's really great to be here. I appreciate Donny. you. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Follow um, uh, at what she just spelled out uh, because now I can't spell it off the top of my head and so you just heard it. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Take care of yourself. Express yourself. Use more color or not. Whatever makes you feel good. As long as you're feeling the way you want to feel. And uh, uh, have a good one. Have a good one. All right. Yay! Yay! I've got exciting news. We've got sticker merch. Mouthful with Shanti brings you captivating conversations that cut through the bullshit while laughing about it. We elevate marginalized voices. We shoot the shit. We have a good time. Support this very free podcast and its production costs by donating to my Venmo at Shanti Charan. S-H-A-N-T-I-C-H-A-R-A-N. DM me your address after you Venmo. I will mail you one of our new stickers. Thank you again for your support. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Please give us a five-star rating if you haven't already. Follow me on Shanti Shrun Comedy on Instagram. Follow Inanna, Solvig as well. And, uh, you know, check out my comedy calendar. I'm going to be recording my first comedy album on October 14th for the Oakland Comedy Fest in Oakland, California. So if you're around and you're liking my vibe, come see me live. Have a good one and uh, wash your butts.